If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I'm so excited to dive into today's show. I have the very cool, amazing Rebecca Hall with me today. Rebecca and I have done the math and we think we've known each other over 10 years now. It seems like a lifetime and, and we've gotten to play together in the Sales Coach Now business for a couple of years, actually more than a couple of years now. So I just want to say, Rebecca, I'm excited to have you here and welcome to the show. Thanks. I can't believe it took me this long to be a guest on your show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you just couldn't wait to show that, say that, could you? Well, you know, you are the 51st. So I did the 50th and you're 51. So this is a special one, right? Like this, we're like over that 50 now and going, so you're, you're driving us into the, the next level of the show. How about that? I'll, I'll take it. That sounds perfect. Okay, good. All right. Well, let me tell you about Rebecca. She is a veteran business coach with over 10 years of experience. It has It's actually more than 10 years of experience, but she's worked with over 2,000 companies. She's the former director of organizational development and leadership coaching for a $100 million tech company in Arizona. Her specialty areas include operations, system, sales, marketing strategies, product development, leadership, revenue modeling, and even management of private aircraft, which is going to be on my vision board. I got to add that because I want to manage mine as well. Anyway, Rebecca is, she and I have found that we love to play together. We love to play in rooms together. We've helped uh, a lot of our clients at sales camp. We also co-coach our clients in the synchronized program. And it's just been an incredible journey. And people find we've, we've gotten the feedback that our energy in a room is very unique. And I like to say we are yin and yang. We balance each other out, not only in, I think, our energy and how we approach things, but also in our background and what we're experts in. So Rebecca's amazing at sales as well, but loves to dive in those, into those areas of operations and systems and all that stuff that I kind of glaze over when we talk about. <laughs> so today I'm, I'm excited because, you know, Rebecca is a business owner. She She's also been my coach and steps in 
is my coach frequently when I call her and go, oh my gosh, Rebecca, I don't know how to handle this and asks me like one question that turns my world upside down. I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I just, I can see that now. And so she's not only a business owner, but she's been in our family and has helped so many of our clients, was on stage last week at the Quantum Sales Summit. So I want to talk about that first. So Rebecca, let's talk about the energy at the Quantum Sales Summit. Like what was it like for you in that room or what did you notice? Yeah, I, you know what? That will definitely go down as an event that sticks in my mind for a long time. I don't know what the number is, but I, it's got to be towards a thousand event rooms that I've been in in my career at least. And that was one of those events where you walked out and you're like, dang it, it's over. <laughs> and you're, you just don't want to leave because the energy in that room, it just goes to show that when you have a collective group of people that are on the same wave, same wavelength, and moving towards, you know, the same direction, like all thrusters were pointing the same direction on everyone trying to be there to help their business, define their 2018 goals, and help each other, the community engagement there and the camaraderie and support just all the way around. It wasn't just the participants, it was other speakers, it was our vendors and our sponsors. It was just such a cool vibe. It, it was one of the most flowy impactful events just filled with everybody at every break all the time saying, I had this aha. Someone even said, I had an aha moment at 9.27 a.m. So I just, I, it will really go down as one of my favorite. It was so cool. I, I can't wait for next year already, actually. I know. I've been thinking about it. And here's the thing. It's like while I get to be, I get to co-produce this event with Rebecca and everyone else is in the room, I very much plan the event in total excitement and wonder and awe about what's going to happen. I sometimes feel it's like a little bit about me because I'm so excited to go to the event. I just, I wanted to pull all these people together. I was so excited to hear Greg Kuhn. I was excited to hear our clients on the panel and our clients who are now speaking on our stages and sharing their stories. I mean, I couldn't take more notes. And I think it's such a great example example of co-creation and, and when we all come together, what we can create in that space. What was really interesting is, you know, I don't like to stay up late, but I couldn't leave. Like we were all still there. And I think I got home at like 1130, which is unusual for a, that's a long day. And especially after speaking for a good part of the day and just, you know, as just supporting the event, I was tired, but I didn't want to leave the energy and I saw the connections that were still happening. So I don't, I don't know if there's anything more rewarding than that. And so if you're listening and you haven't hung out with us on an event yet, you have to this year, like put that on your intention board and make it happen because I guarantee you, you'll leave with you'll leave with some beliefs shifted. You'll leave with something having happened for you. So yeah, it was it was exciting. And so Rebecca, let's talk about you. This is fun for me because usually you're really good at making it about the other people that are around you and flipping questions really fast. So I'm kind of like, I'm really excited to actually <laughs> hear your story and your perspective on some of these things. So as everyone who listens knows, I ask the same questions every, you know, I ask the same questions and this is no exception. So Rebecca, we're going to start at the beginning. All right. So go back. When you launched your first business, what, when was that? And what limiting beliefs did you have about sales or selling then? I love to ask people when they started their first entrepreneurial venture. That's one of the questions that I ask when I do some teaching. So, you know, if I was to reverse that on myself, you know, I was eight years old and I started an Avon business, <laughs> which is if you know me or you get to know me, that becomes more funny. Like some of you will laugh about that next. It just kind of hit me. I got it. I got it. Yeah, right. So but I'm from Utah. So when you're born in Utah, that's the joke is you get handed your own little MLM. My mom had a friend that sold Avon. And back then you had to hold all this inventory in your garage. And so I would spend about one weekend a month 
reselling all this inventory that this lady couldn't sell. And I got part of the take. So I love telling that story because we're all kind of born entrepreneurs. We're all kind of born with, you know, hey, I can do something different. And the other interesting thing is what were my limiting beliefs back then? Nothing. (laughs) I was eight. There were no limiting beliefs. The sky was the limit. I was really selling Avon to get my own apartment in some time in the near future. So I love that story. However, as adulting, you know, my first business venture was actually going into financial services and being 100% commission. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs at that point. You know, I didn't go to school for it. You know, I had to take the test. And so being out of school for long, so for so long, and then having to take my series six that I barely eked by and pass. Will people listen to me? Is the advice I give them, do they want to hear it? So a lot of living beliefs come up and it all I think surrounds like, am I good enough to do this? Are people going to believe me? Um, do they want to give me their money? That was probably the biggest one. So while I was really excited to be on my own venture and kind of pave my own way and not have an income ceiling, you're kind of playing a game with yourself about if you can really do it or if people see what you see, I guess, and see the possibilities. So that's probably the first big hurdle that I had to overcome. You know, we talk a lot about that on this show. It's come up multiple times, imposter syndrome or not being enough. Why do you, I mean, you've coached thousands of business owners. Why do you think that's so prevalent today? You know, I'm reading this interesting book called The Originals, and it talks about, especially in America, you know, we like to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. And, you know, we're mavericks. And that's the way the the rest of the world sees us, that we We just kind of, you know, it's like the gold rush. You just kind of stake your claim and you go for it. However, there's an overlying film on that, that it's kind of not okay to be different. Are you wearing the right clothes? Do you go on vacation? Are you driving the right car? Don't go be a teacher. You're going to be poor. We put all these filters and limiting beliefs on us as a society. Girls do this, boys do that. And, you know, I think we're kind of pickled in it. We're kind of pickled into a homogenous type of thing. So it's kind of funny. You always hear entrepreneurial stories of, you know, the road's so hard to get there. Your family tells you that you need to go get a real job and no one's on your side until you hit big. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, I knew you could do it. <laughs> so I think the culture that we live in plays really close to that. And I see that a lot. I also see us making up a lot of stories about what's possible and what's not. Like we love to just be fortune tellers, if you will. I was actually coaching someone this morning and they were talking about their business being based in Utah and they didn't want to admit to it. They wanted to still act like they were a California business, even though they had moved to Utah from California and they were looking to hire. So she said it was a security issue. And I'm like, what do you mean it's a security issue? Like, you're not giving out your address. She's like, well, you know, like sometimes people from Utah, there's a certain like, don't you think that there's a certain thing about when you say you're a business in Utah and there's a, you know, some stereotypes there. And I'm like, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. And there's also stereotypes if you're a business from California or if you're a business in the Midwest or if you're a business in the East Coast or if you're a business in Mexico. You know, their stereotypes happen everywhere. And so I was like, doesn't matter where your business is based, you're going to be subject to the stereotypes there if you really want to play that game. She kind of laughed, but it was a belief literally that's held her business back for the last two years. Wow. So sometimes just silly things we tell ourselves. And again, I hear like all this stuff's going through my head right now. I hear the gamut like my husband will say no, or I can't take family money to invest in myself. That's my family money. You know, or I'm just going to women play this one. I'm just going to build a little business. I don't want to make that much money. I don't want to get really big. You know, so it's just silly 
sometimes when we actually hear ourselves say that, and then it's kind of ridiculous because, you know, even as a coach, I always say I don't have a magic wand. I don't have a crystal ball. If I had all the answers to business in the world, I wouldn't be coaching, I guess. I'd probably be on my own private island somewhere and it wouldn't be a big deal. So, you know, it's kind of funny how we get those beliefs in the way, but they are structured and held up by society. And I truly believe that. Yeah, it's an interesting thought that we do hold all of these beliefs together. And I think you're absolutely right. So Rebecca, let's dive into sales and doubling sales. We talk a lot about that in our sales camp programs and our synchronized programs. And we've witnessed people, we say double and triple, but we've witnessed people 10 times their businesses and more. And it's, it's crazy. And we, we also don't try to overpromise because everyone's journey is their own. So I want to hear about your journey. Let's, let's go back. So I, everybody has their first double, right? And so when mm-hmm. you had your first double or your first significant amount of money that came into your bank account, whether it was, you know, that in the financial services or a business after that, what did that shift for you? In other words, when was your first big double? And after you doubled, what were your beliefs about sales and selling then? Oh, man. Yeah, I remember the year was 2012. Or no, not 2002. Sorry, man, I, we are old. <laughs> I'm like, what year is it right now? It was 2002. Actually, I had two significant leaps in business. One, I literally went from zero to 33,000. 33,000 in 30 days. Wow. You're excited, right? Like you're like, oh my gosh. And then what kicks in right after that is how am I going to do that again? <laughs> you know, and so the belief like, you know, you're euphoric. You're like, yay, I did it. And then you kind of pull back and then the disbelief comes back in because you're like, oh, I got to hit a home run like every time. Or could I really do that again? Or was that a fluke? You know, luckily I rode some momentum and within six months I'd made a hundred thousand. So what's interesting is the year before 2001, I made $17,000 in change. So I had about 10x by the end of that year, the 2002. I was, I think we're at 170 or 180,000. And, you know, man, the mind games are crazy. I literally, I had about $35,000 in cash in my nightstand in my room because I was afraid to go to the bank and deposit it because I thought they'd think I stole it because of course they follow Rebecca Hall's bank (laughs) account, right? So they're like, as soon as I deposit that, they're going to be like, yeah, we've got a problem here, Miss Hall. We know that you only put 17000 in here last year. So this is highly suspicious <laughs> this year. So it, it was like growing a third leg. You know, it's that leveling up. It's And it's it's just so much more than more money. It's really exciting. However, you just opened a new door to possibilities and you got to step through that. And so what's interesting is that was one of the best years of my life in the sense that like I felt like it was possible. And I did it over and over and over again during that year. And yet there was still work to do, but it was exciting. You kind of start building that foundation just a little bit stronger underneath you when someone pays you. And it doesn't have anything to do in my mind with the money. It just has to do with the validation that like the service or the product that you're rendering resonates with other people and they feel that it's valuable and are willing to pay for it. So it was a really um, huge leap that year. And then it was a bunch of like little just stepping stones that started paving the way for me to be able to like, say, put food on the table forever. And you brought that up, you know, before I feel like all the work I've done in business, you know, not just selling and working hard, but I have spent a lot of money investing in myself. And part of that is mindset, part of that skill set, part of that's help, you know, resources. And 
you know, I always say you can drop me anywhere in this world where they speak English for sure. And I can start making money within 48 hours. And there's just something comforting about that, that you know, you have the skill set, that you have the system, that you have the offer that you know, people will listen to. I always say that people buy because you solve their problem or meet their need. You know, that's always stuck with me ever since I heard that over a decade ago, or more. It's true. And I think that's where the confidence comes from. Yeah. And you know, you've shared, you and I've talked a lot about all the personal development. I mean, between us, we probably spent more than 200,000 or more, I don't even know, with on personal development, education, certification, coaching. So I'm curious, I'm curious, two-part question. When you look back, what's the number one limiting belief that you shifted about yourself that's given you the success that you have today? And how has coaching and personal development played a role in your expansion as a human on this planet? I think the number one belief I had to shift is that I was worth it, that I could actually do it, that people would listen to me, you know, kind of in that realm. You know, part of investing in myself with mentors, coaches, and programs, you know, is they believed in me before I did. They really helped hold that space for me, even through times when I'm like, this is dumb. I'm just going to go get a job. Like, I can't do it. It's not possible. It doesn't make sense. It's too hard. And so I would definitely say that I did a really good job surrounding myself with people that were playing at the level that I wanted to play. And that honestly, that's a really hard thing. I, I've been in this industry for a long time. And I know the people that will do anything to hang out with who they feel is successful. They'll take them to dinner, they'll buy them lunch, they seek them out at events, they email them. And I think that's great. But I think it's a whole different level when you're willing to sit in that space and admit that you don't know what the hell you're doing and admit that you're scared and admit that this is hard. Like I said, I, I've just been really fortunate to surround myself with some really great mentors that believed in me and in some instances pushed and shoved me to my potential. And I'm forever grateful for all of them because I wouldn't be here today if I wasn't willing to be vulnerable and say I need help and be willing to bet on myself on some of the, I, I can't think of one, well, maybe now I can, but back in the early days, I can't think of one program that or mentor I invested in that I was like, X dollars, no problem. Like I have that on my money tree out back. Let me go <laughs> get it for you. It's always a sacrifice, but that gets you in it, right? Because you don't want to lose that money. And it also shows the mentor that you're serious. And so I've just been really fortunate to have great mentors that help me shift that belief and gain more confidence and, and know that I'm worth it and that I have something to offer. It's such a great point that when you invest in yourself, it's like things shift immediately. And I can't explain it, but I, I've, of course, experienced it myself. And I've seen it happen with our clients where, and they make the investment sometimes from a place of fear of like, is this going to work out? And but once you're in it, it's like you see the other side, there's an immediate shift. And then you're on the other side. And you're like, Oh, my gosh, I know I can do this now. I see the opportunities because you're you believe in yourself at that point enough to bet on you. You talk about that a lot, Rebecca, like being willing to bet on yourself. And so much of this journey is about being willing to bet on yourself because no one has the knowing that you do inside coaches, mentors, we're all great guides, we can hold the space for you, but you have to be willing to step into that next version of you to up level. That's a buzzword. That's not a word. 
to up level to that best version of you. And the opportunities when they show up, you, you have to be ready for them. And the faster you move, the faster the opportunities show up. And we see that with our clients, the ones who are willing to move and want to move really quickly. It's like they're on a speed train. And sometimes I can't even, I'm shocked at how fast they're moving, but they've stepped into it and they're letting the universe lead them. So yeah, that's an important part point that you want that you just made is, you know, when I made that investment myself, like, A coach's job is to hold the space for the student or the client to get their discovery. And I just think that's so important because you can't just invest the money and sit at the feet of, and again, hope for that magic wand. You got to be willing to do the work. And I would say the clients that we see come through our programs and through sales camp that are coming in a space of collaboration and partnership are the ones that move the fastest. They're the ones that have an idea that just seems to be validated. They just need a little bit of a tweak or a little bit of like a different perspective. And it's just that's what makes what we do so rewarding. And I was modeled that um, from the beginning. And I think it's just so important to go in there with that attitude of how can I work with this person to get what I want or to, you know, to get that achievement versus waiting for something to happen to you being surrounded by greatness. So true. So true. Because we we see people who end up spending a ton of times in other people's rooms, but then get stuck in that cycle of going back to the room, back to the room. And sometimes you just got to get back to your business and just be be there and be present. So, so many things I want to ask you yet. I, I want to go back because I didn't ask the million dollar question. I know, and I know our fans are waiting for this part because they listen to for this part of the, the show. So go back to your big year in 2002, which really wasn't that long ago. And what were the top two sales strategies that you used? So go back and think like, what did you do that, you know, you obviously you stepped into your own power and you were willing and you were solving people's problems and serving their needs and all those things. But what strategies did you use that you think worked really well? Well, definitely the first one was hiring and being around the right group of people. And I think when you're choosing a mentor or a group of people or someone you think is an expert, I'm not really looking for someone who's in my same realm. Like they don't have to be just like me, right? For me, the biggest thing was, could I actually emulate this person? Like the way that they explained their education or what they were offering or whatever, like, could I see myself getting there? Or was it just pie in the sky? So, you know, when you're learning or you're looking and things are like locking and making sense, when I found that those people or that program that actually saw myself executing realistically, I jumped in immediately. So that was, you know, kind of investing in myself, but investing in the right people that would help me. And I would say the second thing that's really helped me in business is to learn how to revenue model. And it's just, it's such a simple process. And I I see it missed all the time because we have this belief that if we just work hard, we're going to get it. If we just go to enough networking meetings, if we throw enough money at Facebook ads, if we just tell enough people, right? ABC, always be closing. <laughs> it's it's an old model that just doesn't hold up anymore. You know, if I want to go to Disney World and I'm in California, I'm not just going to go out and get in my car and say, I'm going to drive in an easterly fashion and hope I get there. I'm going to have a plan. You know, how many miles is it? How many miles to the gallon does my car get? How many hours a day do I think I can drive? Is there anywhere I want to stop on the way? Like I'm actually going to put a blueprint together or plan to get there. And I see people in business all the time that work so hard and they don't even know what they're working for. You know, again, I talked to a lady today and I said, well, what, you know, what do we need to do? And she's like, well, I want to quit my job. Well, how much money is that? 
It took her five minutes to get an answer to me. I'm like, just give me a number. Like we got to start somewhere. And, you know, so identifying like what that goal is and, you know, let's be realistic. It's not a million dollars. You can't go from zero to a million. I mean, you can. I just heard 15 people out there listening to this being like, yeah, you can. So, you know, but it's like rare. Okay. But, you know, what's that first realistic number and back into it? Like, what's the activity you need to do to hit that number? And when I learned how to revenue model, that changed everything. Because going back to 2002, I made a great amount of money. I mean, in one day, I made $80,000. And I don't think I've ever made 80 grand since then in a day. But the important thing about that is I made 80 grand that day back in 2002. And then I didn't make anything for two months, which again, you know, rats on those beliefs. And so there was no rhyme or reason. I couldn't tell you how I made that 80 other than I worked really hard. And I guess one day all my pipeline popped out. So I'm fine never to make 80 grand in a day for the rest of my life. As long as I know I can make three, four, five grand a day, every day, you know? And so the revenue modeling is awesome because you decide, here's what I need to make, or here's my revenue goal. What do I have to sell you know, to make that? And what, how many people do I have to talk to to get those sales? And who, well, how am I going to market to get the amount of leads, to have the amount of conversations, to make the amount of sales, to get the amount of money so that I'm hitting my goal? So revenue modeling, when I learned that was a game changer for me. So I'd say those two things, it was the revenue modeling that was investing in the right people that to help me and support me in my business. Just in case someone's listening and they're banging their heads against the wall going, what the heck does she mean when she says revenue modeling? Can you give us an example of maybe a service-based business that you've helped revenue model? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll give you a real easy one. When, when businesses are starting, they always want to make a hundred grand, right? That's their first. If I can make a hundred grand this year, getting this business off the ground, that'd be great. Or maybe you've been in business for ten years and you can't hit it. But if you take a hundred thousand dollars and break that into twelve months, that's eight thousand three hundred and thirty-three dollars a day. Uh, or sorry, a month. I jumped ahead of myself because I was so excited. So eight thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars a month. Which, if you break that down to a five-day work week, that's four hundred and sixteen dollars a day. So if your goal is to make 100000 you really got to break it down to the daily $416. What do I have to sell every day to make that? And the truth is, is you might have a service-based business and sell a three-month package for $3,000. So you might make three grand in one day. That doesn't mean that you take the next few weeks off because you've like, you know, banked it ahead of time. But it's an activity monitor. So you know what needs to happen, right? I was talking to a, someone who had a tutoring company and she, was, she wasn't in business very long. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to make a million dollars. That's my dream. And I'm like, okay, but like, what do you want to make this year? And she's like, a million dollars. And I was like, okay, so, you know, how much, so just to break it down, I'm like, well, how much do you charge? And she's like, $25 an hour. And I said, well, what are you making right now? And she, I think she's at only $500 a month or $525. So I just did the math. I just took a million dollars and I divided it by 25 and I can't remember, but it was, it was something ridiculous, like 263 hours or something a month. And I was like, do you have that many hours? <laughs> do you even have that many people? And so she's like, no, like I'm only doing two and a half hours a week right now. So, you know, it was kind of unfortunately like a wah, wah, wah for her, which I wasn't trying to kill the dream, but Sometimes we come up with these fantastical numbers and we have no idea actually how to get there. And I see people all the time say, I'm going to make a hundred grand. I'm going to make 500,000, but they have no idea how many of their widget that is or how many service hours that is. You know, and that's where we start talking about scalability. It's not that it's not possible, but you kind of got to break it down, you know? 
Um, and I think that's one of the most important things in business that I ever learned and also that I ever talk about. And it's amazing how we even all work with multi-million dollar companies and they think that that concept is amazing. And, you know, it changes everything because when you have a revenue model, you can actually create a system. And when you can systematize something, you can automate it. And that's how businesses scale. And that's where I want to go next with you, Rebecca, because you're an expert in business growth and expansion and scalability and many other things. But I want to go there. Like, what are your top two to three strategies? So someone gets their revenue model down. They've got it. They're running with it. And we run into this all the time. We've had clients that, you know, an example, they go from like 10,000 to 40,000. And all of a sudden, they have different challenges. They're excited about the sales. They're suddenly really profitable. But the next question is, how do I scale? So talk to us about that, if you would. Yeah. Right. No problem. So, you know, if you're going to break it down to two or three things, you know, I always want to hit two to three points whenever I'm talking to a business. So, you know, what problem do you solve or what need do you meet? Like, how are you representing yourself? And our tendency is to be like, well, I'm going to help everybody. You know, if I was going to open a restaurant, it wouldn't be a good idea to be like, well, people need to eat. That's the qualification. So I'm going to serve every type of food. I'm going to serve barbecue and American and Italian and Chinese and Greek and sushi you know, can you imagine the logistics of trying to run a restaurant like that? I mean, you'd have to have like your menu would be a foot thick. You'd have to hire very specialized chefs that could cook anything like the inventory you'd have to keep to make sure that you have the food there at all times. It's not a good business model. Your customers would never make a decision because they're overwhelmed by the menu. Your cooks would probably quit because they can't keep up in the kitchen and you'd probably waste a lot of inventory on spoiled food. At some point, you just have to narrow it down and say, I'm going to serve Mexican food. That's it. And that's who I'm serving. So get very clear about who your target market is and who you're serving and what you do for them. Number two, what's the customer journey? Like, what are the products and services that you offer? And what's the pricing? You know, when we want to get married or have been in a permanent relationship, we're very clear in life what that looks like. You meet someone and then you communicate with them and then you go on a short little safe date with them because, you know, they're not going to pick you up if you don't know who they are. You're not going to give them your address. Then you're going to date a little bit more, introduce them to the parents, maybe go on a trip, make sure you travel well, talk about whether or not you want to have kids. Like you go through all this stuff before you get married. You should do the same thing in business. Like what is that relationship that you want to build with your client? And there's no surprises. Don't bait and switch them. And, you know, don't offer a free book and then be like, surprise, if you want the real secrets, you owe me 10 grand. You know, be willing to build that relationship and put pricing to it so that you can build your revenue model. And third is, you know, that revenue model part. What's the goal? Back into it. Build a model. When you can put those three things together, we can scale anything, you know, And the models are around us everywhere in business. We hear about like big department stores that have to close because they expanded too fast. You know, that's a classic case of people not paying attention to their numbers or not wanting to. The recession was a big deal um, in our country. And a lot of it was because people thought this can't last. They ignored all the numbers that told them that the cost of leads were going up, that spending was going down, that people weren't willing to spend different amounts of money for different things anymore. Like everything changed and the signs were there for a long time and we ignored them because it had not happened in a long, long time that bad. And we thought it was going to change. And so no matter how much you love what you do, you might be the best physical therapist or the best dentist or sell the best pies. Business is numbers. That's it. And if the numbers don't work, it doesn't matter how good your pie is. 
Otherwise, it's pie in the oh, that's, sky. That's, right? good. that's quotable. That's tweetable. So, so Rebecca, you were saying know your target market, get really clear. We don't serve everybody. Discover that customer journey. We talk a lot about this. And I'll tell you, when I have conversations with clients that we're both coaching, they're always telling me, they're like, I'm redoing my customer journey because Rebecca made sure I make sure I get is making sure I get that right. And it's so important because when you don't like that's where we start with a lot of our clients. And third, know the numbers. I spend a lot of time here and I've talked a lot about this on the show. You and I talk about it all the time, like crystal clear, break it down. And, you know, we've interviewed people on this show who said the most important thing they did was get their projections done because, yeah, it scared them. But once they finally got the, the numbers on paper, like it gave them a roadmap to get where they wanted to go, even if it wasn't exactly how they got there, they still got there or they exceeded it. So awesome. And then you can duplicate it, right? So that's where scalability happens is once you know the formula to make a hundred, guess what? You already have the formula to make a million. You're just scaling what you did to make a hundred. Oh, it's so really powerful. Fun. And which is a perfect segue to this, this next thing. I know Rebecca has offered for our listeners a business strategy session with her. She's going to tell you what you're going to do on that during that session in a moment. But here's the qualifier. So if you've been to sales camp, but haven't been in our synchronized program, you can still reach out to Rebecca for one of these strategy sessions. And also, if you've never been in to sales camp, we definitely want to do a session with you. We're gifting this to you. Time with Rebecca is super powerful. I'm always trying to get 30 minutes. If I can get 30 minutes with her, it'll change my whole next quarter. So it's it's definitely worth your time to reach out to her. All you have to do is email her at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H at salescoachnow.com. And if you have trouble spelling that, you can just email contact at salescoachnow.com and we will get that to her. As soon as she gets it, she's going to send you a link back to book a time uh, privately with her for 30 minutes. And in the subject line, please include, just say business strategy session. So business strategy session, email Rebecca at salescoachnow.com and she'll send the link back to you or email contact at salescoachnow.com. Rebecca, what can they expect? on that in that strategy session with you? And how should they prepare? Yeah, you know, come to the strategy session thinking about the challenge that's keeping you from really being where you want to be in your business. And it's not a bunch of things like, let's just take the first step. Like, how can we break that down? I love strategy sessions. I love working one-on-one businesses, which is why I was willing to offer the strategy session for your listeners out there today. It's the thing that I'm really good at. And you know, sometimes people just need clarity. Sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees. And, you know, getting the 30 minutes of an outside perspective working on one issue opens up the doors to many, many possibilities and sometimes changes the trajectory of your business. So it'll be fun and it'll be super insightful. And I really want you to walk out of there with at least two or three things that you can go take action on right away to start getting where you want to be in business. And I know people who've spent five minutes with Rebecca and they were like, oh my gosh, my world is turning. <laughs> At the Quantum Sales Summit, I kept hearing that from people. I, uh, people who put it on Facebook, I spent five minutes with Rebecca, I had a conversation and I'm totally upside down and now I'm willing to take this massive next step in my business. So it's worth your time. So email Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H at salescoachnow.com in the subject line say business strategy session and she'll take care of you. So thank you, Rebecca, for offering that up. I know people are going to love to have that time with you. Great. Awesome. All right. And also, it. if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, I have another special gift. It's a $497 value. I encourage you to do both. Book the session with Rebecca and then also um, jump on the new webinar. If you go to my website, salescoachnow.com, it's 
a webinar I created. It's called The Authentic Sales Formula, An Entrepreneur's Guide to Serving More Clients Without Being Pushy or Salesy. And I know for a lot of you, one of your number one limiting beliefs or your number one limiting belief is that you don't want to be perceived as being pushy. And that just stops you from moving forward in your business. It's almost an hour long of power packed content. You don't want to miss it. So definitely register and join me on that webinar. Rebecca, I want to thank you for being here today. We love having you in the Sales Coach Now family. And we're so grateful for all that you give to our clients. And I'm so grateful for all that you give to me. Oh, same, same. So I love working with you and I love working with the Sales Coach Now community. It's really fun. I'm so excited about this year. And I want to thank our listeners. I know we have people all over the world. I think we're over like 55 countries now and growing every day. And I just want to say we love getting emails from you. We love hearing from you. If there's anything I can do for you, you can email me at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com. And we just want to encourage you and we want to wish you your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now. Now.